Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Another returning guest this week, Jacob Wyatt is here, and he's the director of communications for the Foundation for the Law of Time. And he was with us back on episode 41. We talked about the 13 moon calendar and the law of time and so many other things. And he's back. I'm so excited. We're going to talk to him in just a second. But first, I need you to do something for me. Check out our new Patreon page. That's right. Midnight on Earth has a Patreon now. You can go there and you could support us directly. It's a really interesting platform. And how it works is you go there and you can sign up to financially support me directly. There's tiers of support and you can pick a tier that suits you the best. I love you guys so much. And I want to build this podcast organically. I want to do it with your help, your energy, all of us together in a network, a web, a midnight on earth web, become a part of this web. Help me go to patreon.com slash midnight on earth. Again, you'll see the tiers. There's intro videos and go there and just know that by supporting me, you're helping to get this information out there to more people around the world. It's already in 157 countries, and I'm super proud of that, and I thank you for that. But we need to get it out there to more people. More people need to know about this really high-frequency information, and that takes support in the third dimension. Let's be real about it. We all know. So, You love me. I love you. Please help me dedicate 100% of my time and energy to midnight on earth. I already do anyway, but then I have to somehow summon up another 100% and squeeze it in together. So again, people check it out. It's patreon.com slash midnight on earth. And when you're done with that, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow me there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you go to get your podcast, click the button that connects us so you know exactly what's going on. When people like Jacob Wyatt come on, We're talking about the law of time and the 13 moon calendar. You know about it instantly. And of course, most importantly, tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. They're your friends. You know them, your coworkers, your people, you know, your people. 
tell them about this place. Bring them here. Midnightsonearth.com. Okay. We're almost to Jacob. He has an incredible name. He we're almost to Jacob, <laughs> but we're going to read his bio really quick. Let's read his bio. It's, it's a good bio. He's a cool guy. Here we go. Jacob Wyatt is director of communications for the foundation for the law of time. He is a teacher of the 13 moons and all facets of the law of time. Having shared his knowledge over the last 17 years with thousands of people around the world. Having studied directly with the founder of the Foundation for the Law of Time, Jose Arguez, Jacob has also served as his trusted personal assistant since 2003 and now works directly with Stephanie South. Jacob is the chief creator of the annual Star Travelers 13 Moon Almanac of Synchronicity and has created countless graphics for the Law of Time publications, written more than 60 essays via his 13 Moon Calendar Essentials newsletter, and created an online 13 Moon Calendar video course, which is at newtimecourse.com. And he's here with us right now. Jacob Wyatt, thank you so much for being here. Jake Weaver, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> My red rhythmic dragon brother. It's so good to see you. Brother from a energetic other mother. <laughs> brother from the galactic mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for people that don't know, on his website, thelawoftime.org, there is a section where you can input your birth dates and determine via the law of time where you end up and how your spirit kind of is uh written in that system is that correct did i describe that correct yeah yeah that's at uh, lawoftime.org decode and you can find your galactic signature which is kind of like your your password into the fourth dimension or you could say like your face before you had a face and so it becomes kind of like your uh your secret suit that you wear that allows you to navigate through this world with 4d glasses. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you for being back here. We're going to refresh people because it's been almost two years since you were here back in yeah. May of 2021 episode 41, you were a guest and we really broke down Jose's story, how the 13 moon calendar works. It's an incredible episode. Definitely check that out. But let's refresh people about these concepts. What is the 13 moon calendar? The, the 13 moon calendar is, is much more than a calendar. We actually call it a synchronometer as well, because that means a measure of synchronicity. And so uh, the reason that's necessary um, as a tool for humans is we've been living out of sync with synchronicity. We've been li living in dissynchronicity and especially dissynchronous from the cycles of nature and because of that like according to the law of time that is the root cause of like all the different imbalances and problems of our society where we feel you know disconnected from our own nature disconnected from the great nature and and create you know more waste than we can deal with and have inequality um 
all across the board. <laughs> and um, and that's that's a result of our living from a millennia out of sync with the the frequency of time, the frequency of synchronicity. And so in order to get back in tune with that, we need a measure of synchronicity and hence the 13 moon calendar. Um, the 13 moon calendar appears as, like I said, it appears as a calendar of 13 months of 28 days each, where um, every month is exactly four weeks. So it has an inherent consistency, which has a, an effect on the mind that is simplifying and liberating um, because you, it's 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 just easy to use. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't come with a lot of old uh, historic karmic baggage like like our Gregorian calendar, um, which is it's called the Gregorian calendar because um, it was it's put into its final form uh, by Pope Gregory the Thirteenth back in 1582. So you know it's a Roman Catholic calendar. Obviously, everyone on planet Earth is not Roman Catholic. Um, so you need something universal, and not only universal, but actually a reflection of the cycles of nature, and that has inherent harmony and inherent logic and coherency, which is something the twelve-month Gregorian calendar just doesn't have. You know, it's thirty days, thirty-one days, sometimes twenty-eight, sometimes twenty-nine days. You have a you know, September, October, November, December means seven, eight, nine, ten, but it's the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth month, um, and we just uh, unconsciously accept all this irrationality. And over the long term, collectively used, it has an effect, um, which the law of time calls the artificial timing frequency. So. It's this machine frequency. So, wow, I just want to back you up a little bit there because you said something really powerful. I mean, all of what you said was powerful, but one point that was really interesting was that you're saying that because we're out of sync with the harmony of time itself, like real time, like universal time, we created our own Gregorian system, which pulled us out of the rhythm of the universe. And the symptoms of that show up in a lot of different ways, including that feeling of disharmony, of dissonance, where things just aren't right. We're in this artificial situation. Like it feels weird. And you're saying that's a huge component to that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to call it collective cognitive dissonance where you just know the way we're doing things or business as usual just is not good in general, but we just continue to do it. And, you know, it's no judgment or blame on us. We're all kind of stuck in this situation. And, you know, you do, of course, have to work. You got to pay your bills. You got to feed your family, all these things. And we're in, so, but we're enmeshed in this system, you know, that, and you're saying, yeah, that, that it was caused by the 12 month Gregorian system. And in some ways that even has its roots even deeper in just in, in imperialism itself, you know, like the spread nice. of an, of empire. Cause actually like one of the main acts of, you know, conquering conquistadors um, was this thing. There's this uh, decree put out called, called a papal bowl. It's like, you know, a, a decree by the, by the church. Um, at that time, it said like, hey, any Christian dispossessing a non-Christian of their land may take their land um, and impose taxes. And by the way, to collect taxes, you need this calendar. <laughs> you know, so it's it's pretty unconscious programming driven by imperialism and, and conquest. And, you know, the deepest roots probably, you know, go back to the beginning of the cosmos and the, 
you know, the, the crack of the original cosmic egg, the very first disassociation from absolute oneness, you know, um, that's probably like the deeper origin of the whole thing. And that ends up playing out through our unconscious, um, you know, the unconscious plot of our civilization. <laughs> no, totally. And the thing is, is that this is just one aspect of it was that we created this time system and we're all one, we're all humans, but some humans that made choices that Jacob and I, I feel like wouldn't make, um, decided to create these <laughs> imprisoning mechanisms. One of those mechanisms happened to be a calendar system. Now it's interesting because right. the intentions of those people, you wonder if they understood the higher esoteric implications of modifying something like that, or were they just egotistical? They just created this calendar. They're like, okay, this is how we're going to structure our taxes. And then not realizing the massive long-term effects that that would have on human civilization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's, it's kind of lost in the mists of time. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but we did it to ourselves. What's if it? we're all one, we did to do it to ourselves in some way. And it's part of yeah, our exactly. learning and growing process. It's almost like as separating from that, we discover something or somewhere where we don't want to be. <laughs> right. And then we return yeah. to that, we, you know, and we come back to that with the knowledge, like, wow, why did we do that? Well, to gain the knowledge of not doing it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's really fascinating. I mean, I tend to think that, you know, if we, if you believe in the eternal soul, that means our soul exists at the, you know, absolute future point, you know, at the end of eternity, say, and it it knows and has retained all the knowledge that we have gained up until that point. And therefore, I think all of us, all of our higher selves, our absolute future selves are beaming back to any present moment that our consciousness finds ourselves in throughout the whole of its unfolding, you know, the guidance and say the codes and um, different types of things like that to to guide us on our way so that we need, so that we learn what we needed to learn to actually make it to the say absolute future, whatever, whatever that might be. <laughs> That's really powerful because it just shows how multidimensional the entire experience is. And it's outside of time. Like you said, at the very end point, our souls are influencing their own development through multiple embodiments. It's all really powerful and heady to think about, but let's tell yeah. people, let's yeah. remind people what the law of time is. How about that? Yeah. So the law of time um, is, it was a discovery you can say by Jose Arguez. It was a revelatory discovery um, that was made possible by um, him and his wife, Loidine Arguez at the time back in um, the late eighties and early nineties were following uh, the Mayan cycles of time. And of course the Mayan calendar is a calendric system of seven more 17 and more different cycles of time that are happening simultaneously. Uh, but it's it's unique in the sense that, you know, you have 13-day cycles, 20-day cycles, and they're happening at the same time uh, that creates this overlaying effect of different cycle uh, cycles of becoming, cycles of completion. And they were living according to that, and, uh, and they experienced a profound difference in their sense of time itself. And then um, I think it was in, yeah, 1989, uh, they went to visit the Museum of Time in uh, Geneva, Switzerland. I, I might have the city wrong. Uh, I know it's in Switzerland, but um, 
when they're walking around, they realize this is just a clock museum. You know, it's just showing the history of like the development of a clock. And and Jose had a revelatory moment there and realized like, oh my gosh, like we're completely space bound and time ignorant. We have no idea that like time is this is so much more than just something that we measure with a clock. And he realized that there's a natural cosmic timing frequency, which is like, say, the radio station that the entire universe is tuned into. Um, you know, like you don't have static, you don't look outside at a tree and there's not this static of like the tree trying to like tune into the present moment, like jittering in and out of existence, like having your radio dial just a little off and it's all that doesn't happen because it's in the present moment right now, totally synchronized by the frequency of time, uh, which of course manifests through the present moment. And then opposed to that is like the mechanical, um, uh, mechanical artificial timing frequency, which again is held in place by the 12 month calendar, which it with its own crookedness and historic baggage and karma. And then it's, it, that's called like the macro organizing device. And then the micro organizing device is of course the clock, the, the TikTok say like mammon, the machine, the machine God that kind of runs the whole civilization and like literally consumes people's life force <laughs> for what end? I don't know. You know, I mean, by now we've, we've gotten to the point of, you know, AI and ideas of transcending our human bodies, so-called and shoving them into computer disks, uh, uh, shoving our consciousness into flat computer disks. <laughs> so that it's about as flat as you can get. <laughs> so, you're talking about flatland versus like cosmic uh, time. You got you got quite the quite the juxtaposition there. <laughs> so the law of time. Uh, sorry, got a little. The law of time states energy factored by time equals art. So energy is any 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 form of energy, and time is the 1320 frequency. So energy factored by time produces art, and that is to say, like that's why the universe is beautiful and why. Jose would like always laughingly say that he would never get tired of saying like, have you ever seen an ugly sunset? You know, <laughs> you, you, you just don't because it's, it's energy factored by time equals art. <sighs> but, um, and so it's, it's that it's like the, it's like the law of gravity. It's a universal law and principle that maintains everything in the present moment. So human consciousness with our powers of free will and our, and our, you know, contract to learn as eternal souls and go through um, maybe, you know, bad decisions and uh, things like that on our way towards our ultimate evolution as, as, as a soul. Uh, we ha have the ability to create this artificial frequency that then pulls us away from that natural harmony. Yeah. We tend to do that as humans. We love to create these artificial and things and live in them. These matrices, a time matrix, the physical matrix, the three-dimensional matrix that's on top of the earth. And we just think is real. Why do we do that as humans? Do we, do you think we do that as some sort of security mechanism? Like we have to have control? Uh, you know, I think one of the best, um, one of the best kind of analysis, I guess, or like ways of thinking about that comes from this book that Jose wrote called, um, Earth Ascending, an, illustri an illustrated treatise on the law governing whole systems. And he, he introduces this idea of these two different circuits, which underlie everything. Like there's, which he calls the AC and the CA circuit. So 
Uh, the AC is Aboriginal continuity. So you look at like indigenous civilizations who maintain their way of life forever if they're not, you know, disrupted and conquered. If they're not forced out of living the way that they were living. So that's Aboriginal continuity. You know, you you're working with the earth. It's the it's just the natural response to what's actually given and provided by nature. And then um, while history is is in this process of kind of the disharmony the disharmony from time the ca answer to that or balance to that like you can look at like two hemispheres of the brain like he, he relates the ac aboriginal continuity to the right brain the intuitive the creative left-handed uh, path say and then like the ca um being the left brain, kind of the more analytical aspect. CA stands for civilizational advance during the process of history. So civilizational advance, it's this, this conquering, this control wanting to wanting to harness the forces of nature and and kind of dominate that, which of course has resulted in a lot of wonderful things, you know, circumnavigation of the globe and um, all sorts of useful tools. It's un, unquestionable unquestionable but what's interesting about the civilizational advance is that it ac the ac the aboriginal continuity is kind of like pacifist in a way so the ca can just completely subsume it you know and so therefore you end up with a complete artificial planetary civilization with the exception of very tiny portions where there's you know tribes in the amazon that are still <laughs> living that same way you know like that's an eensy weensy point on the surface of the earth, whereas the rest of it is all in this like civilizational advance, like advance of technology, pursuit of profit, pursuit of, you know, new innovation, all this stuff. Um, but what's interesting is that the process of history is seen as a process in the sense that it has a beginning and an end, like history as we know it. So once we get to this point of absolute collective self-reflection, we've we've gotten to a point where we say, what are we doing with our civilization? And we actually reflect on that point. Then CA, civilizational advance, transmutes into its its natural self, which is cosmic awareness. So then you have a perfect, um, say, dyad of, of aboriginal continuity and cosmic awareness. And those two things, you know, can spiral together and form a whole other kind of, say, like double helix DNA of the creation of our post-historical evolution, like beyond the complexification of matter and into the the more like realization of spirit. Yes. And we can choose to embody that matter if we want to, as we're that advanced, it seems like, right? Because at that point, we're out there as these emissaries or ambassadors of love and light. We're like this highly advanced light being. We've merged two forms of consciousness through our evolution to be that. So it seems like we could go full ethereal, but we will, will probably also still be working in the material realm at that point. Yeah. I, I like to imagine. So, you know, cause I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's so much untapped beauty and potential, um, even just like in this physical world. Um, once everyone is, is liberated to really explore, like, whoa, I'm here as a human. What, what is this? You know, like you really get back that <laughs> once we all have the time and freedom to explore uh, the internal realms of ourselves, you know, we, 
we can bring forth all kinds of beauty and, and all kinds of magic and wonderful feelings that we probably can't even imagine now at this point. And like you're saying, yeah, we, insofar as we're each like working on ourselves and, and resolving, you know, the dark, resolving and accepting the dark sides within ourselves, the dualities within ourselves, all those things that, you know, spirit engaging in spiritual practice, self-reflection, all that. And, um, and then the law of time says with the 13 moon calendar, you're then also becoming like a transmitting beacon of the natural timing frequency. Then, you know, hopefully the idea is as we're, as it's radiating out, yeah, then it becomes kind of this ambassadorship. It's radiating out to people and helping get everyone just feeling better. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it just manifests that, right? It like brings that frequency into this dimension and the more people that are transmitting it then it kind of gets us back in sync. And I remember when we talked last time, you did say that you personally live by the 13 moon calendar. And what do you feel like you've gained from that? Do you feel energetic shifts in yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point I've been following it since like 2002. Um, Wow. So I'm kind of like a fish in the water a little bit, you know, it's to tricky to try to go back and remember, okay, well, what was it like prior to that? Yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, you're full on transmitting at this point, you could say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I think it's helped a lot. You know, it's helped me in the sense of being able to just navigate different challenges in my life and not lose it completely. <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, I mean, it is all I part of our story, right? Those instances that you're talking about, those challenges in life, like it's, it's all part of that. And, and we can utilize those mm-hmm. energies to kind of get a bearing on it to help us process it. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps provide kind of like a cosmic perspective on things. Like a, it allows you to you know, you don't want to be so impersonal that you just forget who you are and you're totally ungrounded and you're not a person anymore, you know, but it, it's to be able to look at things with a different point of view and through a different lens um, can really help. And especially nowadays when media bombardment, bombardment is like the strongest force, it, it's just everywhere and information overload is just always pouring in it from all directions. And so it's helpful to have kind of an anchor that remains consistent and has that internal logic to it. Like in the 13 moon calendar, you know, with the cycles of time, like every day has a galactic signature and every signature has a particular like archetypal meaning. And as you follow the calendar, those meanings transform for yourself as well. Like it'll mean something more specific to you based on your own engagement of it. And so as you're, as you're using it and you're having these different cycles, there's this consistency that it gives you a place to view what's happening in the world and kind of consider it from a different point of view that, uh, yeah, that, that's ultimately liberating. You know, that you can see there's, there's a bigger order to all of this, no matter how mad everything seems. And that ultimately at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> so yes. even, even when you're in it, you got to grind, you're grinding out whatever you're doing and you're grinding through whatever challenges might be happening or whatever's, whatever's going on. Like at the end, yeah, it's all going to be fine. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and because like you said earlier, that fusion of the aboriginal continuity and the civilizational advance, I mean, that's happening. You can see it all over the place. There's evidence of it everywhere in humanity. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and there's definitely a lot of flickers of like the cosmic awareness aspect of civilizational advance, like kind of coming through more yes, now. You can feel um, it. And that's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's really interesting time that way. <laughs> well, I, I'm thankful to be in this time because it's <laughs> challenging, but it's interesting. And when you have the perspective that you gain from something like this, or even just having that higher frequency perspective, you get so much more from it and you can guide it. You can guide people. That's kind of our role, right? Like when you have that level of understanding, you're kind of meant to be in a leadership role in your own way where you can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just, just being your own, your own pure essence, you know, it radiates out. Definitely. And the transmission, like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I was thinking that there's a, the Mayan term for human is, uh, I might be mispronouncing is wink Lil, but, uh, spelled U I N C L I L. And what that means is cosmic vibratory root. So like, that's the word for Whoa. human. And, and I think that itself is a really profound meditation. I didn't know I that. Think, I th yeah. I think Jose introduced that word. It's either in my like that. I don't, I don't mean he made the word, but that's right. how it kind of became more known. You got it in through, people's consciousness. Mayan, yeah, it was either Mayan factor or Serpers of Zavuya. Um, but yeah, cosmic vibratory root. And, it, and I think that's really fascinating because if you think like on the in the cosmos, you know, us being here on a planet Earth, like basically a planet, like when you're there, like that's down, right? Like <laughs> all the way down goes all the way down to the core of the Earth you're on, then all the way up goes out from the Earth. And so it's like we're literally like these roots, you know, taking down energy from the cosmos and rooting them into the earth and grounding them into the earth. And, you know, that again speaks to the the time is art or energy factor by time equals art aspect is that the transmuting of the cosmic energy into our consciousness, you know, results in in, in some of the greatest art we've experienced through history, you know, yes. people just becoming channels of energy. And it shows up in different ways, like just whatever their talent is. Like we've seen the cosmic consciousness come through all different varieties of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whether it's words or, or visual or movement or sound, it's, it's, it's a pretty incredible thing. So that's what, that's kind of what I talk about is like when we're, once we get to the point where we can actually stop our civilization and put it, put the brakes on and, and and be humans fully like i think a lot of amazing art will be produced and we'll probably create art forms that beyond what we can imagine oh wow there's like, just uh, there's a lot coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, and and the thing is it's like you you know things like synesthesia like the 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 integration of multiple senses where you're seeing colors or hearing sounds and stuff like that like that's all built into our or into our into our suit here <laughs> But it's, we're kind of disconnected from that because again, like we're, a lot of our operations that we're navigating through on the planet right now has to do with like the physical world, you know, just physical survival, things we can touch with the five, uh, we can interact with, with the five senses. And, um, that, you know, obviously there's just so much more to that, that we, that we can have access to. Yes. Um, one of one of my favorite actually the first book of jose's that i read um is called the art planet chronicles and that was unpublished he wrote it in 1981 um 
uh, and it was unpublished at the time because it was so far out and so beyond like it, it, you can order it now um, actually from the website. We, we finally published it um, and you'll see if wow. you read it, like it's, it, it's way far out. It's so, it's so, it was so beyond all, any of the publishers. They just couldn't, they're like, we can't, we don't know what to do with this. And it's um, it's incredible. And it talks about, you know, forms of radiosonic architecture, you know, and it kind of just touches on these different ideas and possibilities of what we can do when we're kind of operating in our, in our, in our capacities, you know, as like a unified, like telepathic collective, but where each individual maintains absolute um, autonomy and diversity and uniqueness um, naturally, because that's how every individual is. But that added aspect of everyone being unified and liberated to fully embody themselves inevitably creates something beyond the sum of themselves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, totally. I mean, that is, it seems like the human that we're evolving into, right? Like that, that's the new earth human, the activated human. And then when I mean the activated human, I mean, everybody, like the whole planet, when we're all activated, that is what it shows up as. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's really powerful because humans, like you said, we have this incredible potential. We can pretty much do anything. That's why we've been suppressed. I'm not going to talk about the various forces that I could speculate are suppressing humanity, but it seems like that is the core reasoning behind that, whether it's calendar shifting or other things, the whole yeah. reasoning for this oppression is to help suppress our natural powers, our natural gifts, the true humanity. It's to keep us super diminished. What do you think about that, Jacob? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, like the, like I say, like there are forces at play that keep us, keep us kind of stunted and, and focused only on like third dimensional activity. And it, it creates kind of a, a lockdown because you, you know, you're, you're over a barrel as they say, like, well, <laughs> Hey, you know, I don't want to work for the man. I don't want to work for the machine. And, you know, I don't want my taxes to go to this, that, or the other thing. I don't ultimately don't want that at the same time. Like, well, I got my family here. I got to take care of them. Like, okay, sure. Yeah. I could start my garden and start all that. But I'm like by myself, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Hey, maybe if like we all work together, like we can do that. But in order to do that, that creates a, a tremendous shift of, of the, the balance of power in the world. Like obviously people who are, you know, who maintain a lot of power and, and wealth in the world, which ultimately the people with like obscene wealth, like what's I think most interesting to them is probably more power and influence. Like clearly like their pursuits trickle down and kind of create this necessity for everybody, you know, and it, and it either consciously or unconsciously exploits the, the kind of the propensity for division that we have. Oh, uh, totally. the propensity for division that we've kind of taken on as a symptom from our disconnection from nature. Uh, and that makes it really hard to unite and actually make like that radical shift. So that's kind of, it's like it almost all these past like 10 years, 15 years, it always feels kind of like we're just living on the edge literally of like that moment. And it's almost like, it's almost like this exponential curve, you know, or say like the logarithmic curve, you know, like how the logarithmic curve, if you map it out, like it never actually reaches that phi point, you know what I'm talking about? How the line goes toward it, but it never actually gets there. Uh -huh. You know what I'm talking about? Like 
the logarithmic curve is kind of a uh, also known as like the golden ratio, this kind of thing. Yes, like I if you map that. that out. So if you map a logarithmic curve mathematically, the curve goes, and if you put a, a line on the graph at phi, say there's a horizontal line at phi, which is like 1.618, like an infinite number. And if you plot this graph on there, the line goes up towards that. And the curve stops. will go up towards that line and it, it'll get infinitely close to that line, but it will never actually touch that line. So that's what I'm saying. It kind of feels like that where we're just always right on this thing. And the longer and closer we get, kind of the more crazy and quickly things seem to be transforming. <laughs> yeah, there is a quickening. It's, There's definitely a quickening as we raise our vibration. Other guests have talked about this is that as we raise our vibration collectively because it's happening universally. It's happening by the forces of the universe. And we'll get to that in a second, but there is a quickening. And as we raise our vibration, it speeds up time. It speeds up time. Okay. And that's what, mm -hmm. why things are happening so fast now. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. So that means that like the, even like the mechanical frequency is kind of speeding up and hence like innovation is is crazy out of control like this new new tchotchkes and new gadgets and new apps and whatever constantly being churned out yes and like at a feverish pitch it's like fermentation <laughs> yes it's it's mathematically exponential it's it's just going faster and faster and faster and there are like i was just saying i was going to get to this there are magnetic fields of the universe that have their own forces and their own destiny their own story right the magnetic field of the earth and the universe itself is pulling us towards where we are supposed to go that united earth heaven on earth scenario mm -hmm. so it mm -hmm. does seem like we're on the precipice of that and something's holding us back and it does seem like something's harvesting the energy there that's that's lying there in that tension point but regardless of yeah. all that and regardless of how long it's prolonged the magnetic fields of the earth the universe they're pulling us toward that what do you think about that yeah i, I think that's a fascinating notion you know it's, it's definitely it's like being on that edge it, it's what like almost what literally is required is like that leap of faith like some kind of or like a quantum leap something that has to just kind of say shock the system like internally maybe so that perceptions can shift so radically that like literally what we're perceiving changes into yes. like what it's changing into or something you know, like or what it already was we just weren't we you know when uh yeah. it said that yeah. uh max Planck, you know when you change how you view something the thing itself changes so you know or maybe it was yeah. always that thing yeah yeah exactly and so that's that that speaks really well to like the 13 moon calendar and like the usage of it on a daily basis by by using it like it it introduces a lot of new thoughts just through your kind of contemplation of it you know even drawing the symbols like just kind of interacting with it like a kid you know just playing with it um it introduces new thoughts you know if we can think new thoughts then we can perceive new perceptions and i think that's that's a a huge appeal of it to me is that we have to break out of our box because as far as i can tell like the overall smell and taste of everything is kind of getting stale <laughs> you know, it's like, like there's a lot of the great creation but like the whole overall like you're saying the 
when we're at this tension point, the, this harvesting of this energy that's going on, we're all still continuing to work this kind of time is money paradigm. I mean, it's just, it's just so stale. <laughs> it is. And it's getting harder to numb for the collective, right? People that use alcohol or various substances to just kind of block it out and stay in the third dimensional matrix. Those things aren't working anymore right? <laughs> because it's mm. so much more powerful. Like they can't drink a, a fifth of vodka every day and smoke an ounce of weed or do heroin or God knows <laughs> what people do to get out of that frequency and block it out. But it, it yeah. can't be blocked out anymore. Like you said, it's getting stale because it just needs to happen. Everybody has to stand up humanity, all of us individually. Like we can't, we're not going to all stand yeah. up all 10 billion of us at the same time say, we're not going to take it anymore. That could happen, but that's very unlikely. So really yeah. you have to do it within yourself. You have to stand up within yourself and say, no, this isn't right. We need yeah. something else. And that literally that energy, that frequency itself will change reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. You know, cause then once, once you do that and make a stand for yourself, you know, then you, you change your decisions, you make decisions that are, um, that are affirming that you love yourself, you know, which in a, you know, going back to the deeper thing of like the crack in the cosmic egg and all that stuff, it's like ultimately a story of, you know, of self-hatred. And we're all kind of working through that when finding the, the perfect self-love so that our love can actually radiate out purely and accepting the flaws within ourselves, all this kind of thing. It's it, even like the process of history seems like a metaphorical reflection of that as well. It's just like, we're, it's so, it's such a sad story with so much of like human life, taking human life, human life, oppressing human life. And it's, it's, it's like a collective self-hatred, like that's harming itself where until ultimately each person has to find that pure love of themselves within so that we can actually like bring, you know, bring love everywhere. <laughs> yes. And, and, and make that shift to a higher octave, to a higher frequency. It seems like, and I wonder what the extraterrestrials and the angels think of this, but like, it seems like collectively as humans, like if you were to look at us as one organism or, and not, you know, not to discount all the great work of the light, loving people that are on this planet. But just if you looked at all 10 billion of us as one organism, because I think really there's 10 billion people here, 10 billion of us as one organism, wow. we're just like that kid, you know, like depressed kid, like cutting himself in the corner. And we don't have to be like that. Yeah. We're just sitting there hurting ourselves. We're, we're hurt. We're humans hurting humans. We're just sitting there hurting ourselves to gain some sort of insight for evolution, perhaps. I'm not sure, but I just want to put out there to the collective consciousness that I think we've learned the lesson. Let's evolve. If we <laughs> yeah, need, exactly. If we need yeah, to hurt done. each like, other, to, if that's what yeah, it takes to get the, the knowledge, we're there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 abuse and and harm of especially the innocent <sighs> is is uh, it's we're like, hey, it's time. It's absolutely 100 percent time to stop. That's <laughs> just, yeah. It, I mean, I have children. I mean, you know, the innocent could show up a lot of different ways, but I have children. And when I think about some of the stuff, mm -hmm. it just makes me mad. All of a sudden I'm a Satanist. I'm just like, I want to kill everyone. And just, oh, I'm just so angry about <laughs> yeah. it. I'm like, no, yeah, exactly. like, it's such a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to go there. Like profoundly like, protected. Yeah, I'm literally like, like well, Kali or something. Whatever. You know, I'm like, literally like, like, I just want to be like the spirit of death and just wipe these people away. But you can't do that because you have to love them right. because you know that inside there's still that spark of divinity 
that like uh, that. Yeah, ultimately it would just perpetuate exactly perpetuate the stuff that. But it makes me mad. Yes, per- <laughs> perpetuate the terribleness that's happening yeah. to these innocent people. Yeah, absolutely. It needs to be condemned. And I would say, hey, probably it's good that the people involved uh, come come to account. <laughs> yes, like, they come to harsh justice. If you're not going to stop on your own, you know. <laughs> you know, we could. Because <laughs> that's the other, that is the other side. You got to stand for what's right as well. And Exactly. So and, and sometimes you have to summon that energy to fight, to save the light, to save that energy. And, and who knows? In our human story, we might have to do that again. I, I'm not really sure how that's all going to happen. I'm not, and we're not going to speculate. But what I do want to ask you, Jacob, is what is going on now in the world from the perspective of the 13 moon calendar and the law of time? Since the last time we've talked, the world has, as you stated, mutated. We It seems like we've jumped several Earths. I don't even know if we're on the same planet we were on two years ago. What is going on from your perspective, from the law of time perspective? What do you think? Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, I told you uh, there's a kind of a pervasive feeling of like, where am I? Yes. Yet at the same time, kind of a hauntingly familiar, like to feel like we've been here before in a way. And it's uh, like from the law of time, I mean, much of what we've been talking about so far, I mean, like kind of this disconnection from nature, like say even with the whole chapter like of COVID and kind of the, the you know, seeking artificial solutions to these kind of problems, you know, and, and obviously... Obviously, a handful of people profited very sweetly from the whole deal. It was criminal in itself, if you ask me. Uh, yeah. But um, it's a perfect example of kind of like something's occurring and uh, on Earth, which is causing this this huge problem. And we just, we there was no one knew what to do. <laughs> you know, it's like there was a lot of people who were trying to say like, hey, here are some real natural ways of dealing with this, you know, that just are kind of normal right? You need exercise, you need all these normal things that are for your health. And it's very interesting how all those voices were pretty subdued. You're like, why? <laughs> why there's people just talking normal sense being subdued? You know, it was such just a, such a loud and blatant uh, example of like, of people with particular interests, just wanting their, their thing to be said and heard. And like I said, yeah, some people and, and companies profited quite a lot from the whole deal, which which I think, you know, should make anyone a little a little upset. <laughs> well, I think the whole cart got turned upside down. It seems that all things were inverted. Like the world we had before was inverted. And all of these concepts mm-hmm. that we knew prior to that were deemed wrong and evil and somehow inverse. So the whole thing just got inverted and it created this mass confusion in the collective consciousness, especially people that aren't free thinkers that rely directly on outside information to create their reality. Like that really messed yeah. with people because they're biological organisms. They're not robots that you could change the program. You could change the commands and, and they just like, you know, act as if nothing changes go on but we're we're biological organisms with emotions and other aspects that when you change that programming and you keep like shifting it so much and it's so blatant it really created some intense effects on a lot of humans and that that inverting you described is really really interesting because i mean uh you'd see you'd see um 
you know, people who, you know, used to be, say, close friends, you know, and kind of sharing the same, you know, kindred spirits, same kind of philosophies, you know, general sense, becoming obvious, they're like suddenly like opposites and opposed to each other and cut out of each other's life. And, uh, you know, the people's kind of ability to to think freely was greatly un- undermined through social pressure because it's like, if you even stuck your head out and asked questions or something like that, there was there was a Cerberus there ready to bite off all the heads of everyone, <laughs> everyone who was like, but I have a question. <laughs> well, they you know? did a great job and, of shifting the programming to be like, if you question anything, then that means you're a Nazi because the people that question things. Yeah. And not only Nazi, but literally endangering people's lives, you know, like you were, you were put in a boat, like you are a dangerous person and like that, 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 that's not okay. Yes. (laughs) And and just to add to to what you were saying, yes, just to add to what you were saying, Jacob, is that people that you were with, that you resonated with, that you felt like were on the level, you were like, wow, you know, like they started, shifting and and what i had to accept because i also experienced that with people in my life i had to accept that they were never really there and that was the hardest part for me because i i defined somebody based on preconceived notions or truly vibing out with people and having experiences with them and you think that they get it you truly you're like wow that person gets it like you think about them and you're like that person gets it but then at the end of the day, they didn't get it. And I thought it was the 1% of the people that really got it like us, but turns out it's 1% of the 1%. Yeah, I got pretty, yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that, that you, that you experienced that. Like, luckily I haven't had that type of thing where anyone cut me out of their life, at least that I know of. <laughs> and I, me have to feel like I had to cut anyone out. Like I haven't cut anyone uh, out. But I, I had, I had seen, I had seen that from the outside and just it, yeah, it's such a, such a sad thing, you know, that, that, uh, just different, you know, a, a fear, hopefully everyone's able to reconcile, like, and ultimately that's what we want is the, you know, ultimate reconciliation. Um, and just see that like, Hey, this was a, this was a chapter in our lives where everybody was confused. There were forces literally at play to kind of disrupt people's ability to question things critically and actually even have conversations about it, um, uh, like constructive conversations about it. And that, uh, that caused real problems for people's lives, like on a really, really personal way. I, that, it disrupted the previous world. Sorry to interrupt you there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, when it comes to the level of like disrupting people's personal relationships with each other, then <clears throat> that is kind of on the same level for me as like, of as like harming the innocent where you're like, when the global forces and all of their ambitions or whatever, you know, actually get to that level of causing, you know, brother and brother or father and child or something like that, mother and, and child splitting up, not talking to each other more like that. That's a real, that's a, that's, that's deeper harm, you know, like that's, that kind of stuff can't go on. So, but yeah, I mean, looking at these past few years, it's, yeah, you've seen a lot of like a lot of shifting and and shaking up. And in a lot of ways for me, like I, I kept quiet about my opinion on a lot of things because of the fear of that. I think, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to lose relationships. I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to not, 
talk about this. <laughs> you know, I know there's a few people I can, t- you know, share my, you know, real feelings with about it. And like that, I'm okay with that. And, and that, in some ways that's, that's a sad place to be because, you know, to have deeper relationships, you want to be able to <laughs> share, share your deepest thoughts and feelings and, and feel safe to doing that. Feel like your relationship is safe. I know it's, a, um, within, it's an interesting within a conversation. Yeah, it's an interesting time. And, you know, thankfully, it seems like we're getting past that, hopefully, until it gets activated again, then we might have to deal with it. But so far, uh, hopefully it never gets activated again. But so far, it seems to be fading out a, a little bit. And what did the 13 moon calendar say about this time? I mean, were there any indicators that this kind of tumultuousness was coming? Now, I know that Jose Arguez was a big proponent of of 2012 and the Mayan calendar. He was one of the earliest people to get that concept out in the eighties. And I saw once that there was something that stated that the Gregorian calendar had miscalculated the Mayan calendar and that the December 21st, 2012 date was actually in 2020. And I read that a long time ago, like in the nineties and, and I cataloged that. And is that accurate? And was there in anything like showing this level of shift happening at this time? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think there's, that's an interesting idea. You know, I've, to me, I feel like, um, it seems like there's just been shifts happening, almost like continuing echoes ever since that time. If you kind of look back to 2012 and now, um, it seems like there's been a few different waves of major like shifts going on. And so, yeah, who knows, like ultimately maybe it's all, it's, it's going to be this like longer process with various kind of octaves that are activated. I was looking at my kind of refreshing my memory of what year it was in the 13 moon calendar. Like when say like the COVID-19 pandemic hit, cause that was like March, 2020 ish when they kind of, and it was like late yeah, 2019. That, that's when it went full happened. on. So that was during the the white magnetic wizard year, where you'd say, <clears throat> you know, every signature has a a spell or a code spell or kind of a synchronization command. And so the white magnetic wizard says, um, "I unify in order to enchant, attracting receptivity." So that's you know, I think that's a pretty interesting. Um, code for all that to be happening into it's almost like what happened in the third dimension was the exact opposite of that (laughs) receptivity was was squashed there was not a whole lot of unification (laughs) there was more of a you know a separation going on so it's almost like it was almost like the perfect you know black mirror reflection of the thing you know and of course that that spread into a further you know, into 2021. And so then that became the blue lunar storm year. And so that's literally a year of, um, you know, polarizing, but which also is, the, which also comes with a stabilizing effect. So that the blue lunar storm year that would have started July 26, 2020. And that's, uh, I, I polarize in order to catalyze stabilizing energy. Ooh, so yeah. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, that definitely compared to the chaos of like the early pandemic, like that during that time, there was more of like stability starting to come in. And then the previous year that would have started uh, July 26, 2021, 
that's the yellow electric seed year. <clears throat> and that one says, um, I activate in order to target uh, bonding awareness. Uh, and so that's 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 also kind of interesting in light of what you're saying, like the different it's yeah, it's like you're saying that the cart was tipped, people kind of split and went their different ways, and then there's kind of like a almost like a rebonding of uh, of things, you know, which then hopefully, as you say, can resolve in a uh reconciliation across the board. And now we're in a time a year of it's a purifying year, it's the red self-existing moon year. And that says, I define in order to purify measuring flow. So that's uh, that's a really good so <laughs> answer. So what do you speculate well, from that, like, that, that, that? What do you extrapolate? Well, yeah, it almost seems like like the 13, um, <clears throat> a friend of mine uh, would refer to the 13 encounter as the inoculation, <laughs> say, against the... <laughs> You know, the 1260, the artificial timing frequency, 12-month calendar, 60-minute clock is 1260 artificial timing frequency. He said, like, 13 moon calendar is the inoculation. And this was way, you know, back in early 2000s. Um, and so it's almost like the years of the 13 moon calendar seems like galactic prescriptions for what we're going through, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, define in order to purify. So you got to find out what needs to be purified before you can purify it. And then measuring flow, so that that almost becomes like a reminder of the thirteen moon calendar, like being in tune with synchronicity, so you can be in the universal flow, um, you know. And then that, you know, God willing, leads to a purification where we're kind of doing all the. So that's twenty twenty three, right? That's the, yeah. Well, yeah. July, July twenty sixth, twenty twenty two, began the thirteen moon calendar year of the red self existing moon, and and this year ends july 25th 2023 and then it becomes so yeah then then we go uh, back into a wizard year and so that's interesting if you if you remember the magnetic wizard year was the year when the pandemic started so now the white overtone wizard year begins and that's i empower in order to enchant commanding receptivity <laughs> so, so, so before it was, I unify in order to enchant attracting receptivity. And so during that pandemic, you know, yeah, I guess the, the idea is stay receptive because there's, you know, there's more than meets the eye. And then here we're on, we're moving into a point of um, empowering in order to enchant and commanding receptivity. Ah, so that so should be pretty is, interesting moving into that. Yes. Yeah, so, so that could be the indicator that we're recalibrating and dialing it back in and pushing that energy down yeah and like standing up within ourselves with that kind of self-empowerment um you know to and trust in our own in, in intelligence that our receptivity will receive exactly what we need to receive <laughs> man that's powerful I, it makes me wonder because you know I, i've been entrenched in so much of this information the good the bad the ugly and i just wonder if if the way the world is collectively with the oppression, the persecution and the negative things that seem to be set up by design, that it's some sort of black magic ritual to kind of stop that higher frequency energy from coming in, like somehow rebuke it. It's a futile effort, of course. Right. But it seems 
like sometimes it feels that way that there's these forces that just want to block that energy to maintain the control to keep the harvesting happening oof yeah yeah exactly so i guess that's why we can like follow those prescriptions for these codes of the year and then like of course every day has a galactic signature code that you can reflect on too and like keeping in mind that like the tool of the 13 moon calendar is really like a tool from the future like it's communicating you know it's it's communicating light codes codes that ultimately are beyond language into very discrete symbols and limited numbers of code words so they can kind of activate and resonate inside our own chamber of self-reflection say to where then we it informs us on a you know on a subconscious or subliminal or superconscious level where we can you know hopefully have some tool to navigate through this turbulence you know <laughs> well we we definitely will get through it i mean like i said there's yeah. a magnetic field the earth has a magnetic field that is pulling towards a certain progression and we're just inside yeah. of it and and we have all these illusions and human created experiences but there's just something bigger than us pulling on us and, and we're bound to that yeah yeah exactly and so i i look at like the calendar as being kind of a lubricant for that process yes that, you know like you're saying kind of helps amplify each person's magnetic field which then goes to strengthen the magnetic field of the earth you can look at it that way too it's like the more we're in our own integrity and, and clear with ourselves you know then that kind of amplifies into the into the earth itself too being that we're literally capacitators for the earth's mind you know which which the law of time speaks about too, like the noosphere, the mind of the earth, right? which maybe is dreaming up the whole thing. And like that magnetic field is being drawn towards, you know, the realization of this dream that the earth is having. Yes. And we're part of the new sphere and that's, yeah. it's coming yeah. through us. It's this bigger field of consciousness. You could say, let's refresh people on that one real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're literally like in the Jose's book time in the technosphere, um, it refers to humans as noospheric chips, so we're each like chips in the noosphere. Um, so like a computer chip type thing, yes. we're a noospheric chip. So we actually, it's the human mind that capacitates the, the um, conscious noosphere, the noosphere made conscious. And it's such an important thing to reflect on and study. In fact, it was the last book that Jose published was, was all on the noosphere. It's called um, Manifesto for the Noosphere. Oh, wow. uh, and the next stage of the evolution of human consciousness, that book, um, it's a fairly small book, <clears throat> but it's really synthesized down. You know, it's really, um, it's a great read. I'd highly recommend to anyone because it's the type of book by reading it. It's like, you're learning about the noosphere, but by learning about the noosphere in such a pithy way, you're also literally activating the noosphere you're making the noosphere conscious of itself because you are here thinking about the noosphere which is the noosphere thinking about itself <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's like when you wake up from a dream it's like you first realize oh i'm me <laughs> right so so i guess the noosphere thinking about itself eventually oh wait you know it's gonna wake up to the, to the next dream or something like that is then the noosphere of the earth connected to a bigger noosphere itself of the universe or a galactic noosphere? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. I mean, everything's fractal and holographic that way. I would, I would say for sure. And then here, <laughs> here on earth, of course, that's our particular purview uh, as humans on, 
on this planet, we can make conscious this noosphere. And um, <clears throat> the that book I mentioned before, too, the, the Earth Ascending book, talks about the noosphere as well as being a function of the 1320 timing frequency and how it um, a layer, say, of the noosphere is, is known as the psi bank, uh, PSI, psi bank, and which is the planetary memory storage and retrieval system. So like every every thought that's ever happened or will happen is like is encoded into the psi bank. And when I say like thoughts that will happen, it's because the psi bank also contains the timing codes of the evolution of life on the earth. So um, being that it's a function of the 1320 frequency and that the 13 moon calendar is a pure like calendrical expression uh, or a you know a measure of synchronicity of the 1320 frequency that's another that's another point of resonance where the calendar you know plugs into the noosphere as well oh that's that's huge well you say it's a measure of synchronicity so can you explain that part a little bit because that's a huge thing like what is synchronicity that's something we neglected to talk about the last time you were on here so let's correct that what's a measure of synchronicity and what is synchronicity so synchronicity is like is, is where all the juice is at it's like where everything it's where it's all really at like when uh you know when i was talking before about like the, the potential we have you know once we're fully realized and things like that the stuff we can actually accomplish um with the power of synchronicity, with us all being in synchronization with the universe, radical change could happen really quickly. Um, so, like synchronicity, basically is you know is a is a word coined by um, Carl Jung, the psychologist, right? And it and it it's a a causal connecting principle is how he described it. A causal connecting principle. So it has no linear causation. It's what connects one point in space to another point in space or one experience to another in the exact same moment simultaneously. So um, the natural timing frequency, uh, spoiler alert, is actually the frequency of synchronicity. So all the universe is, is, is surfing on the wave of synchronicity and it's creating, you know, beauty literally on a cosmic scale, beauty and harmony on a cosmic scale. Um, and by us tuning into that, then that's where that's where self-reflective consciousness, which is us humans, we're self-reflective consciousness. That's where self-reflective consciousness can then participate in the synchronicity, can actually, you know, surf that wave or swim with that wave and 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 join the momentum of the synchronicity. So, I mean, to make it less abstract, like if you think of a friend and they give you a call, hey, I was just thinking about you, you know, you get a feeling. A charged feeling like that's the feeling of synchronicity or you're have a project in mind that you're trying to work on and then you suddenly meet someone who has just the right piece of the puzzle who's going to let you move your project forward and the two of you then continue on the project and that that meeting happened through happenstance well that's synchronicity um and synchronicity now is kind of seen as not really the norm you know it's it's we get a charge from it because it is so um uncommon you know, it's, it surprises us and we get a, we get a charged feeling from it um, because it's uncommon, but actually it's, it's the, um, it's the, it's the universal norm right. according to the law of time. Like everything is always in synchronicity. And so 
<clears throat> that's the part where the 13 moon calendar plays the role of putting us back in tune with synchronicity so that we can, you know, not only experience that feeling more, but also um, become active agents of synchronicity on earth by just, you know, following synchronicity in a constructive way to where we, you know, can say construct, you know, the new Jerusalem or heaven on earth or whatever, it, whatever you, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yes. Because <laughs> it seems like from the dimension of synchronicity or from the law of time's perspective, everything's meant to happen exactly how it's supposed to happen. So in actual time, everything's synchronistic because it's all meant to happen exactly as it's meant to happen, as it was designed. And we see synchronistic yeah. moments in our out of time frequency. And we're like, wow, that's like you said, we get a charge from it. But in that true dimension, in the truest sense, in that true time dimension, that's how everything is all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we want to get to that point where we can, you know, consciously work with the synchronicity like a like a universal force and just make decisions based on on that, you know, with that that clear knowing that we're following the path of synchronicity and it's it's leading us all somewhere together. And if you imagine everyone on earth being synchronized then yeah, you you can we could make really radical meaningful change really really quickly. Yes. Especially when we tap into that higher consciousness, because well, we'll be working from a collective higher consciousness at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Because we'd be following like basically the plan of harmony of the universe in a way, you know, you could say like, so then it's all just going to come together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, wow, we could speculate on that one forever, but my God, <laughs> we've had such an incredible episode. We've talked about so many things and I love leaving people with cliffhangers. So we're going to have to bring it back. There's so many things we talked about, but in this conversation, there's so many more things that we can flesh out. So we're definitely having you back on if you're willing. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> well, before we go though, uh, I do want to tell people where to find you and what you're about. So right at the beginning, we're going to go to law of time dot org and you're going to find a lot of information there there's a shop there that has a lot of jose arguez's books there's the 13 moon calendar essentials that jacob designs and it's all you or is it with other people uh well the 13 moon calendar essentials course i i made that and then um like the books that we have, uh, the Cosmic History Chronicles are one of the main, say, like curriculum by Jose Arguez and Stephanie South. <clears throat> and, you know, it's it's all such a vast knowledge base. And what one of the things we want to focus on moving forward is like is pulling it together as a curriculum and have more of an education focus type hub. So just kind of keep your eyes peeled for that coming down the pike. Also, check out Living Time Science on Instagram. That's right, people, Living Time Science on Instagram. And you do have the free 13 Moon Calendar PDF, and you also have one that is available for sale every year. Yeah, yeah, the Star Traveler's 13 Moon Almanac of Synchronicity is a, is a large, like, book, and it's meant to be like a journal so that you can, um, you know, journal your synchronicities in there, and then you can start cross-referencing the different cycles and galactic signatures with the different synchronicities you're experiencing, um, you know, the whole idea is to deepen your engagement with synchronicity. Um, when you're following the cycles of the 13 moon calendar, 
they're all mathematically coherent and in tune with the 1320 frequency. So the the amount of patterns and, and synchronicities that, that become possible to kind of interact with just really gets amplified. So the almanac is a way for you to, to with a hands-on way, like really interact with it. Um, and if you're kind of just want to start, you're curious and want something easier just to start, um, lawoftime.org slash free calendar. That is just a printable calendar. It has the days. It has gives you the basic instructions on how to follow the calendar, how to read the signatures for every day. And you can just, you can dive in with that as well. You know, another great tool, sorry, Jake, I just remembered on our site is, um, it's called the 28 day introduction to galactic consciousness. Um, I believe if you look at on, on the menu, it's under like what we do, it's one of the main menu items. It'll say like 28 day intro, and that's a free downloadable thing where you can follow along for 28 days. And that's also, yeah, just like it says, a great introduction to galactic consciousness. Um, so those are some really good tools to get started. And then there's newtimecourse.com. And that's where you can find the 13 moon calendar essentials course, right? Where you have the free intro yep. course. Yeah, there's a free course there, uh, which I call the seven ways to embody and apply the 13 moon calendar. Um, well, not the seven ways, it's seven ways of uh, <laughs> out of infinite. It's the seven ways to embody, embody and apply it. And uh, that's a free course. It's got seven different or maybe eight different videos. There's like one intro video, then one video for each of the different ways you can embody and apply it. And I had a, a lot of fun making that course because it's all stuff you can do that's really practical. It's not, it's not, it's none of it's like real heady or conceptual. It's like stuff you physically can do um, to embody it and and like actually use the calendar in your life. So um, that's a free course. Um, I also have a paid course that's uh, the 13 Moon Calendar Essentials. And that one is 13 different lessons. And that goes a lot more into the nuts and bolts and like kind of the actual working layers of a lot of different aspects of the 13 moon calendar. And there's like a whole list of like all the 13 lessons on there that you can see. Wow. So if you want to take the deep dive, if you're like hearing us talk, you're like, this is me. I resonate with this, or you're familiar with Jose's work or just any of this. And you want to take the deep dive. There's several tracks you could take. Yeah. I would say, you know, like, uh, from shallow end to the ocean, <laughs> shallow end would be the free calendar, lovetime.org slash free calendar. And then that 28 day galactic intro, those are good, uh, starting points. Then like the seven ways to embody and apply the 13 moon calendar. Then, uh, like the star travelers, 13 moon almanac of synchronicity, then, um, the 13 moon calendar essentials course. And then the oceanic level is like the seven volumes of the cosmic history chronicles accessing your multidimensional self um uh, by stephanie south that's when you get really really into the the deeper aspects of it and, and kind of the experiential kind of feeling um you know aspect of the whole thing wow well, th well there it is people yeah. it's mapped out for you you can figure it out. Thank you for doing that, Jacob. And again, thank you for being on the show. You, you've been an amazing guest. It's always enlightening now. I could say always because this is the second time. It's always enlightening when you're on. It's like my head is like, man, I, I could go for another two hours, but it's just really high frequency information. Yeah, me, me too, Jake. I really enjoy chatting with you. I think being, uh, we were definitely kindred spirits because we're, we're bringing it out of each other. And it's really a fascinating, great time talking to you. Yes, it is the red rhythmic dragon frequency. It's a good frequency to be on. So 
<laughs> so, <All right. laughs> Jacob, please hold through the outro music. And everyone, my God, take the deep dive, longtime.org, go to these places. This is mind-blowing information. It gets you to rethink time itself. Check all this stuff out. And we will see you next week. Midnight on Earth.